Today on Happy Hallmarkies, we talk about the 2018 winter TCAs, Love on the Slopes, and Frozen in Love. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Happy Hallmarkies here on After Buzz TV. Some fun music for us. You know, you really succeeded at, and I, we give Marissa all credit for this <laughs> musical selection today, but you really succeeded at finding music that is both wintry and so Hallmark. Very. So very. I am feeling it. Happy Thank winter, you. everybody. Happy winter fest. Happy winter. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini. You can follow me everywhere at Serafini TV and my co host. I'm Stephen Lovegrove. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Lovegrove. Yes, and for the, anyone who's interested, this is a We Wish You a Merry Christmas from Two Steps From Hell. I love them. They're great with instrumental music, and I'm glad we just found it in the last two minutes before we went live. So it works. Yes. It works. A lot of things happened this week. You know, as much as we had going on in Countdown to Christmas, which many of you were with us, of course, for the entire time, um, there may not be as many movies right now, but... Anybody who's new to Hallmark or new to sticking with Hallmark post-holiday should be observing there's a lot happening in Hallmark world. It is not off-season for them by any means. No, it is not. And let's start with the winter 2018 TCAs that just occurred over the weekend. Um, That happens every year, at least twice a year. Um, This was the winter one, took place in Pasadena, and uh, they had a lot of fun announcements, a lot of good things that are coming to Hallmark this upcoming year, starting with the Kitten Bowl 5. I mean, everyone loves the Kitten Bowl that airs on Friday, January 26th through Sunday, February 4th, leading up to Super Bowl. Do you watch that? Um, I haven't before, but I will this year. It's awesome. I mean, it's just a bunch of kittens literally playing football. Well, and the truth is, I will honestly find that more entertaining than the game part of the actual (laughs) Super Bowl. So I will happily watch some kittens. Yes, football is very confusing for me. I never know which end... And zone they're oh, running to? No, no, no. But Let me be clear. I'm not confused. I understand football. I just find it boring. I know what's happening. Got I'm it. just not entertained by it. But I will watch for Justin Timberlake on the halftime show. Ah, interesting. And I will watch the Kitten Bowl probably more than I will actually Perfect. Super Bowl. So, yeah, tune into that uh, January 26th through Sunday, February 4th. Um, Best Stern hosts. And we also have fun commentary from Dean Kane, Allison Sweeney, and. Uh, Rodney Pete, who's a former NFL star. So moving on. So we're very excited. I'm sure everyone is. Chesapeake Shores got renewed for season three. And this is the announcement that we have all been waiting for for so long. Yes. And we were together when we got the same news. Yes. Yes. We were, Marissa and I were at a cheesecake factory (laughs) when we received the news that Chesapeake Shores has been renewed for season three. Yes. We're very excited. So it'll be a 10 episode run. And Michelle Vickery, you know, the executive vice president of Crown Media, she says about Chesapeake Shores, viewers have fallen in love with the heartfelt and compelling storylines as each character navigates the complexities of life, love, and choices. We look forward to continuing and furthering exploring the multi-generational family journeys that people of all ages can enjoy and relate to, which makes Chesapeake Shores a fitting series for a brand and the quality family entertainment we provide. 
and we're very excited. And now knowing that it's going to come back for season three, it's going to start filming soon. So, yes. So, congrats to, to all the cast, yes. writers, etc. that we love. Congrats on another season. Congrats from Lori and Trisha and everyone in the chat and comments. And we cannot wait to watch. Yes, we're very excited to watch. Uh, Michael Burns even tweeted out. Um, or a, 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 like a teaser type of script is like he mm. they have to write now, so it's it's starting. And moving on to 2018, the American Rescue Dog Show will air on February 12th. So that will be hosted by Rebecca Romaine and Rich Eisen, and we'll also have celebrity judges Carrie Ananaba. Linda Blair, Rick Springfield, Brandon McKillen, Ross Matthews, our very own, and uh, Larissa Wool. So, I mean, that's, you, we had the kitten bull earlier. Right, so now you get both the kittens and the, the rescue dogs show, in rescue. a two-week period there coming yes. out. And we know Crown Media and Hallmark is really um, big on animal advocate programs and um, rescuing animals so they can have better forever homes. So I'm looking forward to that as well. That's on February 12th, so hopefully more dogs can get adopted. Love it, love it. And also, with all these TCAs, um, we have Chesapeake Shores, and now we also have more movies, more movie mysteries. Um, there's a lot. So starting with the crossword mystery movie uh, that air, they'll have Lacey Chabert, everyone loves her, and Brennan Elliott. People love People this love pairing. The yes. Yes. Both of them individually and the pairing. Yes. Um, that's just another movie for them to to be a part of. There's really no specific date on when that one will come out yet as of late, but everyone's already looking forward to seeing them two together because we can't wait another five years for all of my hearts, so let's make another movie with them. Uh, and so next we have Emma Fielding Mysteries, which the new movie just aired last night. So that's Courtney Thorne-Smith and James Tupper. So we got, we have to watch the new one. Um, the new Emma Fielding. The new Emma Fielding, yes. And and then the next one we have Fixer Upper Mysteries, starring Jewel and Colin Ferguson. There's another movie coming for that one. Yes, yes, that's the right one. And then also we have Signed, Sealed, Delivered, which that's which, been going on forever. <laughs> forever. And I just found out this weekend that is the fan base that is called the Postables. Yeah, Postables. Because they work in a post office. So yep. we have Chessies. We have all of the different Hardies. Um, what do they call Goodwitch people? Goodies. So goodies, hardies, chessies, and postables. Anyway, I just had to share that tidbit. I learned about postables this weekend. Yes, we'll get to the goodies in just a minute. But uh, also, still with the more, we have more mystery movies. Uh, Haley Dean Mysteries, Kelly Martin. That's been going on since like 2003. So that's been a wow. while as well. 15 years now. They're gonna be, there's going to be another one of those. And a new one, which is Morning Show Mysteries, The Mortal Mishaps. Which is actually airing really soon. Starring Robinson... P- Pete and Rick Fox, Holly Robinson, Pete and Rick Fox. Um, so that's I believe. Which that honestly, I can get week. into anything that has you know that is centered around a morning show. So that's fun. Yeah. Now, yeah. is that the one Al Roker's involved with? Yes, I thought so because I knew he was at the TCAs. He was promoting something, and I thought it was Morning Show Mysteries, which is of course very appropriate for Al Roker. Yes, so many mysteries, and then Sleuthers. Lori says Sleuthers. Yes, yes. more Sleuthers. Um, which we will obviously be a part of when we watch all those movies. 
um, that are coming out. Also, Alexa Penavega and Carlos Penavega are in development for another new mystery movies. They actually haven't done mystery movies together. They've obviously done Hallmark movies together, but not a new uh, mystery version. So there's a new one with them starring those two. That'll be fun. Who we loved yeah. in Countdown to Christmas. So Enchanted Christmas. And yeah. they're married in real life, so you know the chemistry is already there. Right. It's going to be great. Right. And then, of course, everyone loves the garage sale mysteries with our lovely Lori Lachlan, Sarah Strange, Stevie Basic, and Kevin O'Grady. They also co- co-star. But there's also going to be, just like last year in 2017, there's going to be four all-new original movies that will air every week in August. Which so this is more mysteries. This is crazy of the cycle of how TV works. Is it feels like we were just at the home and family taping talking about garage sale mysteries, yeah. and now here we are already in January, and now the next year of garage sale mysteries is being announced. So crazy how time flies. Yeah, I agree, Lori Meeker. The morning show mysteries does look good. I'm excited for that. I just saw Al Roker. Um, doing other things, too, as of recently, and uh, he, he definitely has the knowledge for morning show. So Absolutely. there's some authenticity there. I'm, I'm excited for that. And speaking of goodies, like we mentioned earlier, uh, Good Witch also has a season four premiere on April 29th. And Bailey Madison actually was just here at AfterBuzz this past week, and I got to talk to her, love her. Um, I finally got to what meet her. What a photo. Yeah, she, she's super cool. She was actually here for our sister network, Popcorn Talk Network, um, doing an interview for her new movie called The Strangers, which is a horror, scary, absolutely terrifying slasher thriller movie. I actually saw the trailer. I, I went to go see Insidious today, and I actually saw a trailer for that movie, and I cannot wait. Uh-huh. It's called uh, The Strangers Pray at Night, and Pray is P-R-E-Y. Ooh. Yeah. So hunting well, down. What's prey. funny is the other week we had Nikki Whelan here talking about romance at Reindeer Lodge, and she has been in a lot of really scary, dark, Horror. disturbing films. And so it's funny a- another actress here where we have the situation of going from the deeply dark and disturbing to Hallmark. Yeah, so yeah. I, I mean it happens a lot. People, you know, actors stay busy. Bayla Madison is busy with this one, so go check out her interview. It's on Millennial Hollywood on our popcorn talk network it's a great interview and yeah she was super sweet and big hugger i hugged her i kid you not about eight times in the 10 minutes that i talked to her so she's wow very sweet and i kind of convinced her to come back so bailey if you're watching yes we're gonna make it happen all right that's i mean we had a lot of fun news a lot of things a lot to of look news. forward to thank you tcas just living life watching all the the instagram stories and videos and photos that they had it looked like a gorgeous gorgeous event yeah i didn't know it was in pasadena i found this out from marissa as we were at the cheesecake factory <laughs> celebrating the renewal of chesapeake shores but yes, we were. beautiful venue in pasadena Yes, beautiful, beautiful. All right, let's get to our first movie of the day, um, the very first Winterfest movie of the year, which is Love on the Slopes. Love, I love this one. What were your quick thoughts? I love this one, too. Um, I feel like oftentimes my notes from a Hallmark movie can tell you how much I loved it. And as you can see, I really had a lot to <laughs> a lot to keep track of and, and make note of. Um, I loved this movie. I loved the leads. I loved the writing. I loved the activities and the plot. I loved the 
Um, the uh, just really all of it. <laughs> I liked yeah. this movie a lot. Um, I loved it because there was a lot of outdoor adventure stuff, you know, hiking. I'm a big fan of hiking. If anyone follows my Instagram, I go on hikes all the freaking time. Um, rock climbing, that's always fun to do. I tend to barely be an active person. I don't bungee jump, you know. No, but, but neither have I ever. And this movie made me want to do it. I know. I'm like, I'm not afraid of heights by any means. I don't like falling so when we've finally had the characters not to jump ahead to the end but when like that was the big climatic moment i was like oh this is actually happening which do you guys think is scarier um bungee jumping or skydiving because when i watch i would have normally defaulted to in my mind skydiving is the really scary activity but as i was watching them bungee jump in this movie i was like that is terrifying and i also want to do it there's a part of me that really wants to do it but that is that looks terrifying i don't know that well i think the thing that's scary about both of them you're free falling and both but bungee jumping is actually physically closer to earth than skydiving it. Skydiving, you have all the time in the world to pull your tab and have the parachute. Figure it out. Deploy. The landing. You know, it was like, you have a good solid, like, 30 seconds to a minute where in bungee jumping, you could be dead in 10 seconds, you know? So, there's a difference. I have never tried both, but watching this movie kind of made me think, maybe I should try it. Just maybe, just a little bit. So it's the seed has been planted of adventure. Yes. Um, Trisha in the chat says it was very unique having the activities and gorgeous locale. I actually very much agree. Yeah. Um, it was a beautiful movie. You know, we're here in LA. It's literally been 82 degrees over the weekend. And it put me in a wintry mood. Like the location, <laughs> the beautiful shots, the activities. Um, so very much agree with that. And Trisha says liked the chemistry between the couple. I don't know if I put that in in my list, but they had great chemistry. They did. What? Okay, so what were your thoughts of just how they built up both of these characters? We had Katrina Bowden, who played Alex, and Thomas Boudouin, who played Colt Taylor. Um, these characters, how they established them, and just the storylines of how they were paired together. She has to be uh, write an article about extreme sports to push her out of her comfort zone to actually write a compelling story that she normally wouldn't. Right. Well, I'm going to hold off my comments on Frozen in Love okay. until then, because I could make a good contrast here, but we'll we'll come back to that. But specifically about this movie, let me say, I felt like both of these characters were very believable in all ways, and I felt like the plot setup was, for the most part, very believable. Um, I thought... You know, neither one seemed like a parody to me. Um, Alex seemed like a very believable character. You know, I wrote down... Um, how she said, how did I become a bystander in my own life, right? And a lot of people do feel that way. A lot of people feel like there's all yeah. these dreams that they have that they really used to want or used to believe in or whatever. Um, and now they're just a bystander in their own life and it's not what they want it to be. So I thought she was very believable. I thought this recluse photographer was very believable. Um, and I just liked the, the whole way it was set up. What did surprise me, um, that's not necessarily good or bad, just surprising, is I did expect her to hide that she knew who he was uh, much longer than she did. Now, obviously, okay. that was not the miscommunication conflict moment, which we'll get to in a second, of course. But 
that surprised me just because the typical Hallmark pattern, I feel like, you know, especially the royalty movies, if it's a royal person, mm-hmm. um, there's something hidden the whole movie. And though she hid that she was writing the article potentially about him because that kept changing, she she pretty quickly admitted she knew who he was. So that surprised me. What what did you think? Yeah. I mean, I I didn't mind the fact that she knew almost immediately because she didn't really use it against him until she right. was forced to. Right. And she just wanted to know him as a person and found it very uh, advantageous that he could help her overcome her fears and doing all these things and she helps him with the with that fest that they were putting on mm-hmm. um and it didn't seem like sh- she was in any way manipulating and knowing that who he wasn't using using him essentially well and you know that's exactly why the timing was so unique as is being said in the chat because um usually they start with bad motives. Like, the you know, everybody's favorite Bramble House Christmas this year, for example. Right. Usually we see characters start out with bad motives or Christmas at Holly Lodge, our favorite, mm-hmm. where they warm up over time. She actually was being so genuine. And then her boss put her in a really tough position. Tough and position. so, a, a very interesting storyline. Nice change of pace there. Yeah. Um, the, the boss kind of made me, un- not I don't want to say uncomfortable, but it was just hard to, it, it was just hard to, I was like, how could you work with someone who doesn't really listen to their employees, just like force, it's like, hey, you have this resource, and I get it for journalistic purposes, you have this resource, so use it, but there's also journalistic integrity as well, and it seemed like the boss didn't care about that. He just wanted a good, compelling story for this so-called quote-unquote competition that she put herself in. Right. Um, yeah, well, ironically, you know, I thought her boyfriend at the beginning of the movie, Barton, um, was actually a pretty nice guy. But I guess we made up for that with the boss because the boss did not have much of a respect for privacy or mm-hmm. compassion, moral compass, whatever we want to call it. Right. Um, you know, that did surprise me that he was just like, I don't care, we're publishing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And they're a travel magazine. This isn't like a political or entertainment scandal. It's right. like you need to do a, a travel piece on a photographer without... Asking the person? I don't know. That seems overboard to me. Yeah, just just a little bit. But I did like how there was emotional balance in this film. There, I felt there was a lot of humanistic moments and a lot of humor moments, a lot of comedic moments, especially when uh, Taylor and or not, uh, Cole and Alex first meet and when she's up on the slope and <laughs> she, she panics and can't get on the ski lift and then they're like mountain biking and all that um that i think there was good humor and dialogue throughout in every next sport or activity they were doing yeah i so many things are coming to me as we're having this conversation on why this movie felt so fresh and unique um and i think a huge part of it is he really could not take her seriously at the beginning but even that is different than what we're used to because we're used to characters who don't like each other mm-hmm. um like uh not christmas cottage what was the one with the krav maga that we kept laughing about uh, whatever the yeah. krav maga one was the christmas movie um we're used to characters that have getaway. a lot of tension yes you christmas getaway i did 
it wasn't necessarily tension. It was just, he was like, oh, God, there was a pile up, etc. Like, he just couldn't take her seriously, yeah. which was fun to see them overcome and gives all of us hope if you've ever made a bad first impression on someone that you really wanted to impress um, or turned out you should have impressed. Uh, they overcame the first impression. They did. And I actually liked Cole Taylor. Yeah, he was a recluse and he may not be the best at socializing with people, but he was really good at reading who Alex was, knowing her fears, and actually doing like the right things to help her push herself through her fears. And the the, the whole crossing that bridge scene um, that was hysterical, but yet really endearing at the same time because he was just encouraging her, saying all the right things to help her get past her her fears and insecurities. And I liked that. Yeah, um, I actually wrote down in my notes. Cole Taylor has a little bit of life coach in him, is what I wrote down. <laughs> but I loved, you know, um, I follow, because she was actually on our show, I follow Kirsten, Kirsten, the writer, on Instagram. And she's all about the, like, positivity and inspiration and spirituality, all of that. And so I caught that, Kirsten, and I just wanted to say I loved how much inspiration you put in this movie um, because he told her everything that matters is right here in the moment and all the reminders to breathe and this idea of your fear isn't real. And um, it was beautiful that she's not just going on this external journey of adventure, but really they're both on an internal journey of facing their fears. Yep. And particularly for her, I mean, we're all so busy. We're also I sound like an old person saying <laughs> this, but we're also addicted to our devices. And I think it's nice for this reminder of like, just be fully in the moment that you're in and like everything you need is in this moment and breathe and just the slow pace and the presence I think was really good for her character. Yeah, I mean there were there were a lot of great moments in character building because it wasn't only just Cole helping Alex pass you know, get past her fears. She was doing the same thing to him, talking and socializing right. with people, um, like showing his face to a public crowd. That I mean, that's hard for some people. And people are like I know hermits, and that that is also an internalizing that can be a parallel parallel. I can't speak anymore. <laughs> a paralyzing fear. I was going to guess so, parallel, and then I was like, I don't think that's fear. the word Marissa's <laughs> no. going for. Words are hard. So, but I, I liked how they both helped each other, yes, in their activities, but also just as characters, you know. Yeah. Well, it, because it wouldn't have worked romantically, I don't think, if they didn't have like a mutually, I don't want to say mutually beneficial because that sounds like a transaction, but a mutually enjoyable relationship mm -hmm. that, you know, they very quickly were actually enjoying the time spent with each other and they were both benefiting from it. And I think... Um, I think that's what made it work. I also want to point out so many unique things about this movie. As Lori said in the chat, kudos to Kirsten on so many levels here. Yeah. Because I loved that they both had somebody they were bouncing stuff off with. Like, she ended yeah. up processing a lot of stuff with Sarah, and then he ended up processing a lot of stuff with Max. And I liked that, because normally there's one friend. Yeah. It's usually the female... And the stereotype joke is like the female sits around with her girl, a girlfriend, and all they do is talk about boys, right? right? Well, in this movie, they both had a friend, and so as they're both going on this these journeys together, he's processing it with Max, she's processing it with Sarah. I really like that. I thought that was a very nice, unique element. Yeah, I mean, I I really enjoy that too. Um, I think 
And I said it before on other movies is that when we have, sometimes it's best when there's that third party or the, the outside source that helps makes you re- realize your own internal things and like helps bring realization to the front when it's said from someone else. You're like, ah, uh, right. you have but an I, aha moment. I do want to take a little poll for those of you in the chat and comments, and you can tell me where you're at with this, Marissa, but in your life and your experience, particularly with dating, oh, do you find that the people in your life give... Like, because in Hallmark movies, the friends always come through with the truth. And they say that, you know, they help them confront what they don't want to admit to themselves. And they always come through with great advice. Do you guys find that when you've had an important decision to make, particularly in any type of relationship matter, that the people in your life have a Hallmark level of dependability? What say you? I'd say no. That's just my personal experience with men. Uh, no, because I am a fiercely independent person, and they tend to realize that too. So it's not like they, they depend on me for certain things or look to me for certain things. If they're having their own issues, they might go to their own personal friend, maybe not to me. And I'm okay with that, you know? And But every relationship's different. Every person is different. And so it really depends on like who that person is and what they're more comfortable of who they want to talk to about certain things. Now, I was asking if you were on the so, receiving end of advice, uh, receiving not end. the giving end. <laughs> okay. But but thank you for receiving. sharing that as well. Okay, maybe that's me. Receiving end, not so much. No, not so much. going to be honest. I, you know what? I have had people, there's a very select, I mean, I'm thinking of only two people in this moment that I would trust what they told me. The rest, I'm like, you could lead me astray. You could make me doubt something I don't need to doubt, or you could make me get my hopes up. Um, is Hardy's family reunion Joyce? Yes. I thought so. Hey, Hello, Joyce. Joyce. Hello and welcome. Um, I, I just, side note, I want to say we have as many people tuning in live and then later throughout the week as we did at Christmas. So Love hooray it. for that yes. because thank you for sticking with us, Hallmarkies. So Joyce says, I have a particular friend who I can always go to. We have been friends for 40 years and things never change. And Joyce, I appreciate you weighing in because I think that is the key is you need someone who really knows you mm-hmm. so they can call you on your bluff and say, you know what, Stefan, you're going to be over this in three weeks. Don't sweat it. Yeah. Or so they can say, I've never seen you like this. This must really be special or whatever it is. You need someone who, um, yeah, I agree with Trisha. <laughs> Fortunate if you have that kind of friend in your life because you need someone who knows you that well and can call you out on the stuff a well, little bit. Oh, looks like I need more friends then. <laughs> oh, bring in more friends for Marissa in 2018. And there we go. All my hallmarkies are my friends, I like to think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like that they they had their healthy friends, the, the friends that actually gave them good advice when needed. So it, it did help them in their own personal, in Alex and Cole's decision of how they go about things. Um, and the I photos really captured photos. The photos captured the same way the video did in Christmas Getaway. Yes, the photos captured something undeniable. I loved the reveal of the photos because it was yes, it was his photography, but it was also his art reflecting her personality and and her art in mm-hmm. in a sense. So I think it was like both mediums um, finding a happy balance with each other. Uh, any favorite moments? Of this movie or favorite quotes 
Yes. I have a favorite quote, and I was so happy about this. So um, we keep uh, praising Kirsten because the writing was so good. Um, but there was a quote, and I, I loved it so much I tweeted it, and Kirsten tweeted back and said that was her favorite line in the movie. Really? And I okay. said, well, Kirsten, I'm so happy to hear my favorite line of the movie was yours as well. So I wrote down... When you take a leap of faith to live the life of your dreams, it is impossible that you will fall. Cole taught me I've always known how to fly. I (laughs) thought that was so beautiful, and that was my favorite quote. Yours are probably more lighthearted and less (laughs) sappy, but please share yours. No, I love I, I know love our that. pattern. She <laughs> has the funny lines. I, do. I have the cheesy Hallmark card quotes. We've learned this by now. Hey, I'm all about the cheese too, but I think like the funny lines just like stick with me more. Um, I think I'm just <laughs> when she's crossing the bridge when Alex is like freaking out, crossing mm-hmm. the f- freezing f- frozen bridge, which like I've been there. I I know that girl. Um, she's like, I'm just talking to distract myself from the terror I feel and the sudden desire I had to knock myself out with my shoe. <laughs> I think it was just delivered so perfectly. Really well, funny. And also hilarious because I could not think of a worse idea <laughs> yeah, than like, knocking yourself out on that particular bridge. With her own shoe. That's how terrified she was. Right. Just so she didn't have to deal well, with it. Well, and then she was almost to the other side and she wanted to turn around. Mm. Well, she was like in the middle. Well, from one around. from one camera angle, it looked like she was close. But then when they flipped it around, I was like, "Oh, she does still have. Nah. She's kind of in the middle here." Yeah, you're right. And the whole swish 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 was pretty funny um, when she was learning how to how to ski. Mm-hmm. I really did enjoy this one. Um, great job to Kirsten Hansen and Bruce D. Johnson who wrote this one. Really solid, really solid film to start off Winterfest. Yeah, and I think. Uh, a Christmas quality caliber of movie, not just visually beautiful as everyone's been commenting on, but I think it warmed your heart and was just as emotionally satisfying as what we come to expect from Hallmark. Yep, so yep. a great start to Winterfest. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Moving on to Frozen in Love, starring Rachel Lee Cook and Niall Mater. What were your thoughts of this one? So, I did not like this one as well, but though it grew on me as time went along, I think it really comes down to I did not like the characters as much as I loved the characters in Love on the Slopes. That's why I said I'm going to hold off before I make a contrast, but the characters make, and we know this, I mean, we certainly saw this watching 33 Christmas movies. The characters make all the difference in the world. If you love the characters, it doesn't really even matter what activities they're going through, it's fun to watch. And if you're not feeling the characters, any scenario they put them in, you're not going to enjoy as much. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I didn't like the characters and the situations as much as I did the first one. The first one, like, they, uh, you know, Love on the Slopes, they had fun. Yes, they were petrified and stuff, but they had fun and they pushed through their fears. This one was like, they, was an, again, it's just another movie where they're forced to be together, so that unwanted pairing. And just how they... I love that you have an official ca- name for it. Marissa yes. always calls it the, the unwanted, unwanted pairing. The unwanted pairing. They're, they're forced to be together because of their circumstance. Um, but... Rachel Lee Cook's Mary's Campbell's character, She's she works in a bookstore. She, of course, is just another story of, hey, we're going to lose this place if we don't do something. You know, it's always about, I'm going to lose a store or a bookstore or business, or business going out. Um, but, like, just, I can understand why the business is failing because she doesn't, 
want to upgrade to the 21st century. I, you know, I, so I will say. It's just not going to work. Adam's character I found more enjoyable and I had an easier time with than Mary. Um, I think, I think Mary, I literally wrote in my notes, Mary is so uptight. Honestly, yes, Lori, unwanted pairing is a perfect term. Thank you. Um, I and you know what and I listen I still enjoyed and very much liked Frozen in Love. I'm just making a comparison because we're here to make comparisons and to discuss these. So Joyce says she remembers Frozen in Love more than Love on the Slopes. Okay. Um Trisha says the characters she didn't enjoy quite as much either. Um the movie was enjoyable. Yes, just not near as good as Love on the Slopes. So you know, we're all we all have different opinions and we're all contrasting. But my point is in contrasting Mary and Adam. Adam, I get, because we all know that person who's, like, accidentally offensive, constantly getting in trouble, Mm -hmm. can't seem to behave the way that he's supposed to. Right. He's a hothead. With a temper, but deep down, it's some unresolved issue. Whatever. So, Adam was kind of enjoyable. Mary was just so uptight to me. And to have so much resistance around the idea of serving coffee, I was like, really? Right? Serving coffee is like book heresy? That was just cracking me up, but I was like, why? So, it took so long for her to warm up mm-hmm. that that's where I was like, this character is really hard to like. And it, I did like her. Eventually, I came around to liking both of them. But at the beginning, I was like, are we supposed to like Mary? Because she's very uptight. No, I agree. And I think, and I don't want to like call out Rachel Lee Cook either, but I think a lot of the characters that she plays for Hallmark, they tend to start off uptight. She she tends to be the, the Grinch or the, the one that goes against the grain um, in in the movies. Like uh, the Summer in the Vineyard, she, she was the uptight one. And this one, she's True. the uptight one. I mean, it's fine if you, she's good at it. But I think it's just like she – there were some points of her character who was supposedly smart. She read a lot of books. But she seemed so painfully naive or painfully ignorant that because she didn't want to learn things, she well, and even like, so, all the references against the sports and stuff. There were just a lot of moments where she was painfully ignorant, and it bothered me. Right. So this is part of it for me. Is and I've said this so many times. So all of you loyal Hallmarkies and After Buzzers, you know you've heard me say this. Um, but I. I don't believe that women, for the most part, are ditzes. Oh, by the way, side note, return to Love on the Slopes for a moment. When her (laughs) boss said to her, and I quote, you're a complete klutz. I thought, what a rude and inappropriate thing. Whose boss says, you're a complete klutz. (laughs) Anyway, so I I don't like the portrayal of women as just being these ditzy, out of it people, right? Yeah. I know that you don't, you may not understand football, and that's fine, and I, I'm not a sports person myself. It. But my point is, her ignorance about sports was, to me, beyond the realm of believability. Yeah. And then her ignorance about social media, technology, whatever the specific was that I can't remember off the top of my head. It, they just made her so out of touch. I mm-hmm. mean, look at this group. There are 40, 50, 60 plus year old people here, all of whom are on a YouTube live chat right now. And they're acting like this fairly young bookstore owner is just completely cut off from the world. She's not Amish. You know what I mean? Exactly. So that's, that's where I, I was say like, painfully I painfully ignorant. Right. That's why I was like, I don't, 
I don't know why she was so out of it. Uh, obviously, we warmed up to her going on, but I'm making this heavy point because I was mm-hmm. very shocked at the beginning by, my God, what is wrong yeah. in the, with this picture? The updating obsolete bookstore to the 21st century. She was against a lot of ideas, and then they eventually had to, like, go through their things and throw things on the wall, see whatever sticks, and then they eventually had to start working together. We knew that was going to happen, but... So, yeah, Adam has to rebuild his PR image. And we knew that. He's a hothead. But, okay, so what are your ideas of this podcast and how just the podcast show itself just progressed throughout the movie? It started as, like, a small book club kind of together. Now they're recording it. Now it's going to be live. And I strongly believe, and I, w- I want to strongly believe that our Book Circle Online live podcast was... You know the genesis of maybe this idea. I was like, it's it's not new. We've done it, right? I will believe that with you. I like um, to think we we helped you know inspire them. Well, and it was nice how the podcast progressed. I actually really liked that storyline. Um, I liked the way that he opened up. I liked the whole War of the Worlds being the beginning point there. Um, I liked the way she had to face some fears with it. You know, I actually thought that was a very fresh, nice storyline. Yeah, and then that's a great story, Wells. I mean, come on. Uh, I, I liked how it progressed and it got them to open up and, like, f- kind of find a subject where they were both um, kind of in- similar and they had completely different ideas about the book. But they were right. talking about the same thing. Well, and the good, you know... I guess part of it is, as time went on, his character was very multidimensional, right? Mm-hmm. So part of the lesson for her was, just because he's a hockey player does not mean that he can't read, does not mean that he's uneducated, does not mean that he wouldn't come to a book club. She had to learn that he was very multidimensional, and we found out about his childhood, and he grew up in foster care, and yeah. I-, I guess I just wonder, I could have missed things, and you know, I have only watched this one once, admittedly, so I could have missed things um but i felt like we learned so much about him and there were all these layers did you feel like she was quite as multi-dimensional no i don't feel like there were as many pieces whereas if if they were both equally multi-dimensional he would have learned okay there's reasons for her behavior and there's things about her i don't know or things i wouldn't assume i I don't know that's what i wanted to see i felt that uh, Adam's character had more layers because we saw him interact with more people. She only stuck mm. to her small, small kind of group of friends. But Adam had to deal with PR. He dealt with the kids, um, and I, I think Adam was really good because we saw a soft spot with Adam. We knew he was a Grinch. He was a Grinch in a hot hat, but Adam had a soft spot for kids. Well, I was like, all right, this is this is his nice. Sh- this is his nice side. There were so many soft spots with Adam. I mean, I wrote them all down. This is why he was so likable. The moment that he paid for the coffee truck outside. Mm-hmm. Um, very likable moment. The moment when he suggested that Noah goes on the on the 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 sled. Yes. Um, the chocolate chip cookies moment where he yeah. tells her the story. The moment where we they're in the library and we find out that he was defending his teammate. Or are they in the library? Yeah. It's a library, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. pretty sure. They're in the library, and she finds out one of the fights 
was that's his like heart of gold moment, and mm-hmm. we find out he was defending his teammate. Um, the moment where we find out he wants kids or has thought about kids, like the whole movie, we are just warming up to Adam left and right because there's so many surprises with him and so many things that she falsely, wrongly assumed. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing, and and I think that's really bad when. We don't, I mean, like, it's great to love the, the male character, but when we don't like the female leading character as much, that's, there's an issue there. Right. But I will say, it was a good reminder for me. Yeah, the beautiful story about foster care. It, it was a good reminder to me. We all have assumptions about people that mm-hmm. we could meet or see or hear about, and we our brain just assumes all of these things. It was a very good reminder of, like, let go of your labels and judgments and assumptions, because you don't always know. And you don't know someone's background. You don't know someone's story. Um, and you don't, you know, I would be the first to say, I mean, I literally used to live, I used to have an apartment down the street from hockey team. Ah. And if you were to ask me, what is your, you know, conclusions about hockey players, I would have a whole long list. But it was a good reminder that people can surprise you and you don't know as much about somebody as you think that you do. Right. And that also makes it way more understanding that Adam was so nice to kids because he had a rough childhood. So he's going to mm-hmm. treat other children better than probably how he was treated as a child. So, I mean, I I did like Adam and how we kept peeling those layers back with his character. But it felt like Mary, she didn't have as much room to grow. Like, Adam grew a lot. Mary didn't so much in this film. Right. I mean, I I guess one of the big arcs for, I guess, both Mary and Tyler, her brother, was that they really needed to tell their parents what was going on. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that ended up being a little bit anticlimactic because the parents were fine. Which, by the way... Parents like, yeah, we kind of knew. If I'm in a crisis, there is no one I would rather talk to than my grandma or another older person because they have this wisdom of, like, we've been through some stuff, we've been around the block, it all turns out fine. It was anticlimactic. The parents were really grounded and okay. Yeah. Um, But, I, you know, I guess that was... the growth for her was they had to open up to the parents and then she just had to open up to new ideas. And she did, but I don't think our hearts softened to her in the way that we did for Adam. Yes. For sure. Agreed, agreed. And so, of course, the whole conflict was that because Adam was doing so good at rebuilding his image, he they have an announcement event to, to say he's being let back onto the team at the same time as this live podcast thing. What were your... Thoughts of um, this kind of being resolved somewhat quickly, or at least, you know, we've talked about other movies where people run away and they don't communicate. This one, they actually did communicate. Right. Adam did say about this conflicting um, event, but what were your thoughts of Mary and her response to it? Well, surprising. I I actually want to say this was... This was a very believable sequence of things, the whole conflict for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I actually liked the way this was written and the way it was played out because it really all started with the date. And I felt for her. I mean, I know it sounds like I'm very anti this character talking <laughs> about it. I guess Mary truly did stay frozen. We'll stop knocking Mary. Because <laughs> I want to make the point that I really sympathized with her that she, I mean, it was essentially a date. Mm-hmm. When he asked her out for dinner, it felt very datish to me. I don't know how you all processed it, um, but it felt very datish to me. And then, you know, she's all ready. She's gotten hair and makeup, you know, ready. She's wearing this beautiful dress. And 
he calls, and that's a classic miscommunication. He calls, it's nothing personal, but I've been there where somebody canceled, and it felt really personal. Yeah. And it felt like, I thought you were one type of person, I thought you could, I could count on you, and then the person doesn't show up. So I thought that was a great setup to, she's now putting up all these walls, and so he tells her I have this conflict, and she's like, no, it's fine. And at first, she's just saying, no, it's fine, because she's very closed off. I don't know. I thought the whole thing was very believable. I thought they ended up moving through it in a very mature way. I just thought the whole sequence, I could understand how she would freak out and say, you know, this person can't be depended on and try to build Mm -hmm. up a wall. And then he really came through with the grand gesture. I don't know. What did you think? Um, I I loved her response because I honestly, I wasn't expecting as mature of a response as she had. Based on the first 30 minutes <laughs> exactly. of her, right. But when she, she was, she came out like really understanding. It was like, this is your career. You need to do this. Um, the podcast is just, you know, something to help with the, it's like, yeah, th- you need to do this for you. And I understand that this is your once in a lifetime opportunity. It's like, fine. Um, I, I did enjoy that because I wasn't expecting it from her. But hmm. I wasn't really, I mean, I should have seen a little bit of it coming, but I didn't, I think he'd go back to his career, but I, not once in the whole movie where I thought he would actually give up his entire career. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Like, there, there were really no hints that, because he loved it. You can tell he loved the sport and he, he loved traveling, he, dealing with a lot of different people, but I didn't really think he would end up completely quitting. Well, and that's, you know, I remember one of the very first movies. I think the first Christmas movie after Merry Me at Christmas was Christmas Festival of Ice. And, I mean, I think people were still talking about at the end of December. People really did not like that she gave up her law career. And, uh, honestly, I think in this movie, he really did love hockey. You know what I mean? So I think... Normally, if somebody has found their passion and there's a reason they got into it in the first place, you know, I I was telling Marissa the other day, the you may remember the uh, I believe it's a Brendan Penny movie, "Tis the Season for Love." Mm-hmm. Rachel Boston, is that who it is? I believe so. And Brendan yeah. Penny, um, it, that movie broke my heart because she wa- she had this musical theater dream and she gives up the dream, right? And I. I'm a big fan of the movies where the person doesn't give up the dream or the passion or the calling. They just open their heart and they become more. Yes. And so I love the movies where they just open up their heart and they become more compassionate in it. Um, So, yeah, no, at no point in the movie did I think he's going to give up hockey. It was clear that he loved hockey and it was nice of her to be able to see that and respect that, not say give up the hockey for this one event. Yeah, but he did it. Ultimately, it was it was his thing. Maybe it didn't make it him as happy as we thought he he was with it. Um, I I was just more surprised that he just gave it up. I'm like, okay, didn't see that coming. What now? What did you think about Erica? Because Joyce is bringing up Erica, the um, the hockey daughter that was his ex. That oh, whole story. Yes, the 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 other woman. <laughs> the other woman, except. Much less present, like a, a gr- like not a presence as the other woman in this movie, really. Well, because she was the manager, kind of manager. Awkward moments, fun dialogue, but awkward moments. So you can definitely tell that she still had a thing for him. Super right was super into him. Um, yeah, still uh, held a candle for her for for him. Um, I 
I was hoping that like she'd kind of have a redeeming moment, and I think when she told Adam like, "Hey, we're gonna let you back on the team," that could have been it. But the she her character didn't really grow either. She had half a second of a redeeming moment at the very end where he said something along the lines of, "I only hope I can prove it if I don't prove it to you first that mm-hmm. he's changed." And she smiled and encouraged him to go. Yeah, and then at the end, it's like, "No, you broke up with me." Like, like right? Fun. I don't that, know. That she had a, was just like a running joke. That I was like, "Okay, I was already over that the first time you guys argued about who broke up with who." I don't know. As she, she was. I like to think that they kind of made her the antagonist, but she didn't really play a big part. Just right. She just was there other for than the, the scheduling the jeal- conflict, the jealous woman. Right. I think she was just there to have the scheduling conflict. Yeah. And she she's not even like the scary person. Like she's she's not the boss. She's just the middleman right. who's saying all the things that he has to Adam has to do. It's like she has higher bosses than she does. Um yeah, I I didn't really I don't think this movie would miss much had she not been there. Right. No, you know? I agree. Um, anything else about this favorite moment? Okay, I, well, actually, let's let's resolve this because Joyce is saying, I don't really think he lost his career. I don't think he did either. Are you thinking he's permanently banned from hockey? Or you think he permanently left hockey? Or, yeah, he left hockey. I didn't have that impression. No, I, I did. No, Joyce and Trisha, Lori, you can be the final weigh-in of people I know are here live. My impression was that the half redeeming moment for Erica was her saying, we'll worry about it on Monday. And even though she acknowledged that you're taking a risk by leaving, Mm -hmm. she had a moment of respect of, I do see that you're changed. If the charity means a lot to you and we'll talk about it on Monday. I thought was her saying, you know, I'm going to see what I can do, but I think you deserve a chance. So I did not get the, that's what I'm saying. I did not get the impression that, uh, I'm glad. Thank you, Joyce and Trisha, for bringing that up. I did not get the impression he was leaving hockey. I got the impression he was staying. Okay. He just, the charity was important to him. That's fair. Maybe I did miss that. You see, you guys. That's a happier this. ending. But, no, I yeah, thought no, that, that he was sticking with ending. hockey. That's a happier ending. I that think makes more sense, though. <laughs> this would depress me if I thought he was just quitting hockey. Okay. In the same way it's, that I didn't like in Tis the Season for Love when she left theater, and in the same way I didn't want her to give up Law and Christmas Festival of Ice, <laughs> I did not want him to give up hockey. Yeah. I think it was maybe I, I was mix, mixing it up with, like, he left his career. He was like, I have to do something more important. No, he was just saying, he was just saying in the moment, this is very important to me, in but the in the moment, something is a greater priority, and I've got to go be there. And that's what Erica acknowledged as, yeah, and Joyce said he would have given up his career if needed, but it wasn't going to happen. That's exactly the impression that I got. There you go. Okay. Thank you, Hallmarkies. Joyce. There Thanks. You go. I'm glad that we could clear that up and feel <laughs> better about this movie. I felt maybe, like, I probably did miss something, and I'll admit that, uh, that it felt like he was he was leaving. So... I'm glad that other people didn't feel that way, because <laughs> that's a half. Like you now, said, we all have to go back and watch the ending. Yeah, now we you know? now we have to. I think I was more dis, uh, distracted with the live podcast because watching this, I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, this is what we do every single day, <laughs> live right. podcasting. I mean, hello, we're doing a live podcast right now. Right. So I think I was just shout more, out to the live it was, podcast. It was a little out. too close to home watching. This and they're talking about books, and I do book circle online. I was like, Yeah, I know, I know what that's like, right? So I didn't mind it, but I, I 
I was just like, yeah, I get that. I, I was more focused on that. Um, favorite moment of this movie or quote? Um, I think just the moment where the the PR reputation saver woman was talking to the both of them, trying to go back and forth, trying to convince them that they both needed to do this. Um, and the different things she was telling them, that was funny. That was enjoyable. <laughs> Joyce says, you relate to the podcast. Yep, I do. I do. Um, my favorite moment of this was the, the sled ride when they okay that that race. And it was just filmed. You can tell they were like probably on a GoPro or something because it looked different than everything else of the film that we saw. We saw the perspective of them actually going down the hill. And it was just a fun moment. It was by far the most memorable for and, me. And very much a wintry you know, that yeah. was the highlight Winterfest moment for sure. Yeah, so this movie was written by Rick Garman, who just did Royal New Year's Eve, when we talked about it last week, Christmas in Evergreen, Enchanted Christmas, and uh, directed by Scott Smith, who's done Cedar Cove, and uh, Gourmet Detective, and Sign Seal Delivered, mm. of course. All right, so upcoming movies that we have this upcoming Saturday, January 20th, we have One Winter Weekends, starring Taylor Cole and Jack Turner. Which I'm very excited about because I love Taylor Cole. Yeah, and it was really confusing because Love on the Slopes, uh, Thomas B. Duane's character is Cole Taylor. And then we had right. the actual actress, Taylor Cole. Taylor so Cole. I'm like, I think that's where my mind was getting confused. Yes, Taylor Cole, she's awesome. Talk about Christmas Festival of Ice. So there you go. That's Saturday, January 20th. And then next we have Morning Show Mystery, Moral Mishaps, starring Rick Fox, Holly Robinson, Pete. That's Sunday, January 21st. Yeah, that should be fun. I'm actually very excited for morning show mystery. Yeah. All the craziness that can happen yeah. during morning shows. We've seen some of it. We we know how they like like it'll be fun to see how they handle, you know, like the morning aspect broadcast cuz we haven't seen that in Hallmark as in from what broadcasting I can remember, Christmas. Broadcasting. Yeah. That's an exception yeah, right. to the rule, but for it the is. most part it's not a common trope, right? Yes. It feels um, it's very not fresh. as common as it should be. All right. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. That's it for us for today. In the meantime, Stefan, where can everyone keep following you? Instagram and Twitter at Dr. Lovegrove. There you go. And you can follow me everywhere at Serafini TV. You can follow all of us here on AfterBuzz TV at you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those fun social media platforms. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And we have some fun movies next week to talk about. We will see you next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. Views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.